0: And Welcome to Curious Objects, brought to you by the magazine Antiques. I'm Ben Miller. Uh, This is a bonus episode sponsored by Christie's. On April 23rd, Christie's is offering a group of illuminated manuscripts and early printed books, which they call one of the most important ever to have appeared at auction, the collection of Elaine and Alexander P. Rosenberg. There will be 209 lots, with estimates ranging from a few thousand dollars all the way up into the millions. Christie's was eager to give Curious Objects listeners an inside look at the sale, and I'm excited to explore it along with you. Our guide today is Eugenio Donadoni, Christie's Senior Specialist for Medieval and Renaissance Manuscripts, who joins me now from London. Eugenio, it's a pleasure to talk to you.
1: Great to talk to you.
0: So start by just giving me a sense of the scope of the sale. I mentioned there are 209 lots. Um, what, What are the different types of objects included?
1: Well, the, the there are seventeen medieval manuscripts, um, and and the rest are um, early printed books, uh, at the, the dawn of printing. Really, you know, the, the uh, late fifteenth century um, printed books and uh, books of hours. the The value of the sale um, is in the in these fantastic um, illuminated manuscripts, um, and they're largely books of hours. The exception of one, in fact, which is a which is a breviary. All the others are are books of hours, um, and all made uh, within a relatively short span of time, from the earliest is from fourteen ten, um, right up until the fifteen twenties. Um, all largely French. There are three Italian manuscripts, but all the rest are are, are from France. So French books of hours is really the 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 core of this of this fantastic fantastic collection,
0: right? And and so in just a, a few seconds, tell me um, who who were Elaine and, and Alexander Rosenberg, and how did they put the collection together?
1: Well, I mean, there's a I think that, th- that there would have to be an entirely uh, separate podcast to talk about the Rosenberg family because they're really a, a, an exceptional backstory and history to the to the family. Alexander Rosenberg was the the son of the um, very famous. Art dealer Paul Rosenberg, one of the great art dealers of the twentieth century, um, and he was also the the founder of the uh, the American Art, De- art Dealers Association. Um, his wife Elaine, uh, they were they were very close, and they collected you know they collected together, and this was really very much a sort of a, a, a joint enterprise. You know, Alexandra had a passion for for collecting uh, books. From an early age. In fact, you know, most of the books in this uh, in this sale have a book plate designed um for him by Picasso when um when Alexander was oh, like right. fourteen. Which is which is fantastic, which is a, a view of an open window onto a, uh, onto sort of uh the the, the the sea, um with the initials APR Alexandra Paul Rosenberg. Um so evidently, you know, he was collecting books from uh, from the tender age of uh, of, yeah. of fourteen um yeah with the, picasso's
0: the... blessing no less incredible exactly with picasso's
1: with picasso's blessing no less exactly um but the the printed book collection was something that really evolved over the years i mean he 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 got rid of many of the uh, the printed books that he'd collected and and restarted afresh several times whereas the the manuscripts he um he bought largely in the in the 70s and and 80s uh and it was something that you know that Le- Elaine Rosenberg was very very much involved in too and they were great philanthropists. And after Alexandra um, passed away in, in 1987, you know, Elaine carried on the philanthropy of her husband. She was a fellow at the uh, the Morgan Library and on the visiting committee. She gifted manuscripts of the Morgan Library and the archives of Paul Rosenberg to, um, the, uh, to, to MoMA.
0: Now, for this conversation, um, we wanted to focus in on one particular object. Um, this yes. is a, a book of ours from 15th century France, made by someone referred to as the the master of the Paris Bartholomeus Anglicus. And before we even start talking about it, um, to give listeners a sense of the significance of this object, it's it's pictured on the cover of the catalog. Um, you devote, if I count it right, eight catalog pages uh, to, to this. That's book. right. And your auction estimate is. Pages. <laughs> yeah, I can, I I can imagine. Um, and, and you've put an estimate on it of, of one and a half to two and a half million dollars. Um, so this is, you know, one of one of the marquee lots in the collection. Uh, but let, let's start with the basics. So uh, tell me, what exactly is a, a, a book of hours, um, and, and what makes them interesting to scholars and collectors?
1: Well, it's it's um, the medi- medieval scholar Leon de Lice, um, who passed away several years ago now. But he 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 sort of. Explained what a Book of Hours is, in, in possibly the best way. I mean, he, he, he said it was the the bestseller of the Middle Ages, and it's true. There was uh, no book that was more popular than the Book of Hours. Not it was it was more popular even than the than the Bible for a period of of three hundred and fifty years. Um, and in in essence, it's 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 a prayer book, and it's called the Book of Hours because. Um, It has several prayers that are meant to be recited at seven canonical times or, you know, seven different hours uh, during the day. Um, But what's important about A Book of Hours is is that it was made for the laity. So when we look at these objects, we're not thinking about, you know, monks or priests or nuns. Um, you know, kneeling in devotion with, with with these manuscripts, they're they're made for the everyday men and women of of the Middle Ages, and they're highly personalised by these these people as well in various different ways. You know, they're personalised in textually. So, for example, if uh, if an owner had a particular devotion to, say, uh, Anthony Abbott because the name was Antoinette as as is the case mm. in one of the manuscripts in, in the sale, the hours of um of Andenafil. um, you know, they might have a a, a specific prayer to 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 Antony. Um, they were also uh, personalized pictorially, you know, with coats of arms, um with specific portraits of the of the patrons. So the the one we're focusing on, the which is the top the top lot of the sale by the, the the Master of the Paris, Bartholomeus Anglicus um, is is exceptional. I mean, it really is exceptional. in The extent of its illumination, uh, the richness and color and delicacy of execution of the of the painting of all the miniatures, and you know, obviously, when I when I said earlier that that books of hours were for the average men and women of the Middle Ages, I mean, it, it, there's a huge range of uh, of, uh, of means there. Um, you know, they were very poorly made books of ours um, with minimal illumination, um, but also, depending on, on your means, if you're a very wealthy member of the court or a ve- very wealthy banker or lawyer, even then, you know, you could afford something truly exceptional. And this, and this is something truly exceptional. Um, it's in absolutely pristine condition, as if it had been painted yesterday really really opulent dripping with liquid gold and 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 liquid silver um and and really the 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 quality of the miniatures is is, is simply unbelievable if only i could convey you know seeing it in a, in in a, in a podcast you really have to see it to 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 appreciate it properly
0: yeah well and i certainly recommend listeners to to take a look at christies.com um you know you can view everything in the sale in, in, including uh, images of this book um, but, but for people who are just uh, listening at the moment, I mean, if I had the book in front of me and I started flipping through, uh, what would I see?
1: Well, you'd see first, first off, you'd see many of the, the, um, the images that are traditionally associated with, um, with books of hours, uh, over, over the, over the centuries. So as I said earlier, The the Book of Hours is is prayers to be said at the different canonical times of the day, but the focus of a Book of Hours is really the devotion to to the Virgin Mary. Um, And and most books of hours that we see have scenes from the life of of the Virgin. So as you open the the manuscript, you'll see the Annunciation of the Virgin, which in in this particular manuscript is just extraordinary. It has these fantastic borders that are Inhabited by angels in prayer and holding silver scrolls, um, you'll see the 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 nativity, um, the annunciation to the shepherds, the adoration of the, the three kings, um, the flight into Egypt. So all stories from the from the life of the Virgin. As you move on, you see King David in prayer, the crucifixion, some scenes from the life of of, uh, of Christ. There's a very dramatic miniature towards. Towards the end, which show, shows a, a, a battle for the soul, with um, Saint Michael uh, rescuing the the soul of a sort of recently deceased uh, person from uh, from the the grip of the of the devil, um, uh-huh. and this is you know in a in a, in, a, in a in a cemetery. So, uh, really, the 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 interest here, I mean, is is just the skill with which these these miniatures are painted. So tell me about. Um,
0: yeah, sorry. Yeah, t- tell me about the the process of of making it. I mean, who 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 made it, and what sorts of people were making books like this, and and what was the process like? It must have been highly laborious. Hi,
1: it is. It was highly laborious, and uh, and as the as the years went on, and as you move move into the 16th century, um, it it really becomes much more of a of a of a commercial production with uh, with the entire workshops, you know, churning out. Uh, churning out these these manuscripts um, on commission but also just you know for stock um, so people could just walk in and say i'd like this this and this and they'd be put together and often there were there were several artists working working on a, on a manuscript at this at the same time and a separate scribe of course as well leaving space for the uh for the for the miniatures to be painted um the specific manuscript is is painted by a single artist and we don't know the identity of the artist we call him the um, master of the Paris Bartholomeus Anglicus, because he's named after a, um, a livre de propriété de choses by the author Bartholomaeus Anglicus, which is a manuscript in in the Bibliothèque Nationale in in Paris. Um, and actually, he's he's a very he's a very interesting artist. And going back briefly to to, to the popularity of of uh, of books books of ours they were. Also, a, a vehicle for for many artists, you know, the the best vehicle, the major vehicle for for artistic expression in the in the French Middle Ages and the, and the Renaissance. So you have artists like our master here, who work,
0: you
1: know, not just with with uh, with panel paintings and with uh, um, illumination, but also work in in uh, in stained glass and in tapestries. Um, but this really was the Book of Hours. Really was the most convenient and most popular method for for this type of artistic expression. And and this chap, the the Master of Paris, Bartholomaeus Anglicus. You know, he's he's responsible for a small number of manuscripts, um, of which this is by you know by far the, the richest and the and the best. But also, he is responsible for the um, tapestries. Uh, the portraits of the patrons in the Devonshire tapestries at the Victorian, Victorian Albert Museum. Mm-hmm. So he was working um, in embroidery. Um, he was also responsible for the cartoons of the portraits of the Anjou dukes in the Cathedral at Le Mans. So he's also working in stained glass. And he was also um, responsible for this beautiful Gothic um, fresco in uh, which is now in, in Palermo at Palazzo Batellis, um, called the Triumfo della morte the triumph of of death um which is exalted as one of the, the the great pieces of um of gothic art in in italy of this period so he'd actually you know gone to naples working with the court of anjou uh and and painted this uh this fresco so he was also a frescoist and
0: how are all is, these attributions made
1: um that's 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 a very interesting question <laughs> so uh, it's there's there's academic consensus so this is um you know when it comes to, when it comes to dealing with something like 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 this collection um this is a very well published collection it it was the the subject of a very important exhibition at the morgan library in uh, 1982 and the beginning of 1983 called the the last flowering um which showcased important manuscripts from from american collections and the rosenberg collection was was one of the focal points of this of this exhibition, um, so there's been a huge amount of study on these manuscripts over the over the decades, and uh, academic consensus has has coalesced around you know attributions. Um, interestingly, it's it's interesting you should, you should say that because there has, there had been there was in the past some debate as to the identity of this um, of this artist originally. Mm. Um, he was identified as, he was called the October Master, because he'd been identified erroneously as the artist responsible um, for the miniature illustrating the month of October in the calendar of the the famous Très-Richeur du Duc de Berry by the Lamborg brothers, which really is the, you know, the greatest and most important uh, illuminated hours, book of hours um, in existence. Um, so that he'd orig- originally been identified as that artist. Um, but he later, you know, Francois Avril, the great, great manuscript scholar, Francois Avril and, and Nicole Reynaud, um, you know, developed this, this idea and, 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 um, and made this attribution and uh-huh. named him the, uh, the, 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 master of the Paris, Bartholomeus Anglicus. Um, so it is, it is, um, in this case, it's, it's academic consensus over the years sometimes when we're dealing with things that are you know that 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 are maybe less important um uh then it's it's down to our our good old good old eyes
0: <laughs> right. and, 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 exper- and you're relying and on you're relying on what on uh you know stylistic elements on elements of of construction yeah. and craft and material what, exactly what, so what it's
1: stylistic stylistic compositional um, you know there are there are very many, especially in the in the fifteenth century, there are there are shared um, shared models and shared compositions uh, that are you know very peculiar to or very specific to to, to specific workshops in, in you know in Paris in Western France, Eastern France, and the south of France. So you know if you're if you see a lot of these things, your eye gets you know kind of accustomed to, to, to what to look what, what to look out for. But what might it that be? Could you
0: could you give me an example or two? Um,
1: let's have a let's have a think. Um, if we're looking, sometimes artists are named if they're anonymous. They're named after specific traits in in their in their style. So we have the masters of the BDIs because they <laughs> uh, <laughs> because they they paint they paint figures with you know the BDIs. Um, wow, we, we I, have... I feel
0: a little sorry for that fellow being identified by oh, yeah. a, such a silly yes, way. Well, I mean,
1: I <laughs> or the masters, the masters of the of the gold scrolls, um, who are working against much in Ghenten, nicer. Ghenten I w- Bruges.
0: I, w- I would much rather be exactly. the master of the golden scrolls if I had a choice. Ma-
1: or the master of the pudgy fingers, or something like that. You know, you wouldn't want to be. <laughs> you wouldn't want to be something like something like that. But gold scrolls because of this repeated. Um, you know, iconographic like detail of of the gold scrolls in the background, and so and so those are artists that are named specifically after their after features of after stylistic features in their in their in their work, and that's how that's how we can identify them. I've always wanted to name an artist after after sort of an interesting, uh, an unusual feature.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I,
1: I've I've yet to coin I've yet to coin an artist's name.
0: Okay, well, let me know when you do that. Uh, yeah, that can make for a you know. whole other make another episode.
1: <laughs> it'll have to be. It'll have to be a, a good one, though. I have to think about it carefully.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, take your time. Uh, you know, they've they've been around for five, six hundred years already. A few more, exactly. Water. Exactly. Um, let Let's talk a little about value and and, and pricing. Um, and and yeah. I'm just curious to get a sort of, uh, you know, a, a, a bird's eye perspective. Uh, or a high-level view on what is it that makes a book worth? Well, m- maybe I'll put it this way. Uh, what, what, what is it that makes a book worth thousands? What makes it worth tens of thousands? What makes it worth hundreds of thousands? And what makes it worth, as in this case, millions?
1: Uh, that's the that's the million dollar question isn't it um it's uh and you know it's something that 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 we try to do every day in in my line of work which is you know putting a value on something is 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 a very educated guess um, obviously you know when you're dealing with something as unique as a as a medieval manuscript you don't you don't have the benefit of of direct comparables you know direct auction comparables or because Every manuscript is unique, and every manuscript is different. Yes, you could say there was a work by the uh, the master of the Paris Bartholomew Anglicus that sold for this amount, you know, twenty years ago. But it wasn't quite as you know in good condition. It was incomplete. Uh, it wasn't made for for an important person, and therefore we should put more on this. I mean that 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 gives us a bit of a of a gauge. But really, mm-hmm. the things the things we're 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 looking at. Um, and you know they change over time. They change. They change with with fashions, if you will, over time as well. And what what collectors are looking for, but but largely speaking, their their condition condition is 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 essential completeness. Um, and completeness, uh, and provenance is hugely important as well. Um, so you know, so if you have a, a manuscript that was made for an important patron, perhaps in a say in a contemporary binding with the initials of that patron and the coats of arms. And that the later was was owned by important bibliophiles. For example, this this manuscript we've been talking about was owned by Bertram Ashburnham, the fourth Earl of Ashburnham. Then it was owned by Henry Yates Thompson, who was the greatest manuscript collector of of, of his generation. Hmm. Um, famously, wanted to you know put together the best ever one hundred of the the best manuscripts he could acquire. Um, and this manuscript was was. Um, Manuscript eighty six in his collection. Then it was owned by Charles Fairfax Murray, the, uh, the 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 British painter Sir Alfred Chester Beatty. So this has a really important uh, line of provenance from when it was made to the present day. Um, so a lot of clever people have have thought it was valuable. A lot of a lot of, uh, a lot of clever people, of course. You know, we, we there was another important manuscript in this collection, the Rosenberg collection, which is one of the ones that was gifted to the Morgan Library and that was the the prayer book of Claude de France so that was uh, you know a, a prayer book made for a queen um, and that's hugely important as well so we have we have condition we have provenance and we have extent of illumination as well if you're looking at books of ours um, so they can books of hours can be depending on the on the means of the original patron and the original owner they could be very meagerly very yeah very very meagerly um uh, illuminated and decorated um or very lavishly decorated with a, extensive amounts of, of 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 gold and lapis lazuli and and you know the 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 finest and richest pigments um mm. by the best artists or by mediocre artists <laughs> so that 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 that's that's a qualitative um uh assessment that that we need to make as well when when looking at at the value and all of that all of that put together tells you whether you know something might be worth a few thousand, so you know, tens of thousands or or hundreds of thousands or is in this case millions um i mean this specific manuscript has has a track record as well because it was it was purchased by alexander rosenberg in 1977 for two hundred thousand dollars um back in 1977 so a significant a sic- significant price many years ago already right um but still, I think you know, one and a half to two and a half million may seem like a huge amount of money, and of course, it is a huge amount of money to to the likes of me and you. But uh, I don't want to make assumptions. <laughs> but but um, that's a
0: safe assumption.
1: Yeah, it's a safe assumption. Good.
0: <laughs> but, Antiques but course, podcasting you, is highly lucrative, but uh, <laughs> even I so. Do, yeah.
1: <laughs> but of course, you know, when you when you look at it in the context of of the art world, what we're looking at here is is you know, and I always like to, to like to say that books of ours are are like miniature galleries of paintings. We're looking at a book that has sixteen paintings in it, um, by a wonderful, wonderful artist. Now you can imagine that that uh, sixteen panel paintings would be worth much more than that. So actually, in 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 a relative scale, it's it's a bargain, <laughs> if, if if you like.
0: Well, of course you would say that.
1: Well I, I would I would say that <laughs> but, I'm, but but also because I'm 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 well I'm biased to to medieval manuscripts of course. Um but you know it's it's it is really like holding a a small gallery of paintings in your in your hand.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I I hope I have the opportunity to, to see it someday. Um I, well, you I, I realize... it's,
1: in, it's in New York. Um it will be uh it'll be on on view in uh, in New York from the let me just check the date. I think it's the view opens on the seventeenth of April.
0: Oh, fantastic! And, uh,
1: and goes on till the, uh, the the sale on the
0: twenty third. Uh, I'll make a point of uh, paying it a visit then. Now I realize this has been a, a, just a, the most cursory of, of glances at the world of, of books of ours and, and at this book in particular. But um, uh, have we done it justice? Uh, ha- have we missed anything significant?
1: No, I think we've. I hope we've done it justice. And I, I hope we've, uh, we've, we've made people interested in, in wanting to go and, uh, and see it, or at least, you know, clicking on the website and having a look at all the, the amazing pictures of it. But really, you know, talking about it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really do it as much justice as, as looking at the images. I mean, that's, that's, that's where the beauty lies.
0: Absolutely. Well, um, th- thank you very much, Eugenio. Um, best of luck with the sale.
1: Well, thank you very much. Thank you for having me uh, on your podcast.
0: And that's our show. Thanks for listening. Once again, you can see pictures of this book of hours and the other 208 lots at Christie's.com. The sale will take place on Friday, April 23rd. Today's episode was edited and produced by Sammy Delati. Our music is by Trap Rabbit, and I'm Ben Miller.